everybody welcome back to garage therapy um it's been a little bit since we recorded we kind of took a break for a minute and stepped away from the mic and into my head um there's a lot of changes going on it's been kind of crazy trying to figure it all out and decide what to do and what's where our life is headed you know this year's been so crazy it's been twists and turns and a looks completely different than I've ever, I ever would have imagined. We kind of have turned our lives upside down unintentionally, but also intentionally. It's been like fork in the road after fork in the road after fork in the road in a way that we're just kind of flowing through life and it's, we're having, being forced to make decisions, which comes with it. It's, it's up, ups and downs, right? A lot of the times I feel like I'm making a rush decision because I feel like, because I'm, I've been put in that position where it's okay, do or die. But at the same time with that, I'm relying heavily on instinct and choosing to trust my instincts, which is a whole new scary level for me. But I, but it's exhilarating and everything feels kind of like a level of inner peace, but where this all kind of is leaving me not sure if I'm going crazy or what's going on is everything I'm feeling called or pushed to do is a little bit outside of the box, different than what society wants you to do or tells you you have to do as far as like preparing for your future and, you know, saving. We've reached this pivotal moment in our life. Working for corporate America is no longer working. That comes down to honestly bad management. And that's a whole nother podcast that I'll, we'll get into with Jim here, but I've seen this man work in extreme, extreme conditions and do and succeed amazingly and be put in a position with a horrible manager. Long story short. Anyway, your management makes a difference on your productivity and the morale of your employees will determine the success of your company. Just my, my observation from the outside. Anyway. So we're at this pivotal moment, kind of wondering, are we, are we having a midlife crisis and just completely going to just reinvent our life? Or are we just being instructed and directed or guided, if you will, into something, something different and to something that aligns more and that will find more purpose, freedom, happiness, success, all of the above. And we're being pushed in this direction of a way like, well, like, let's be real. Like a couple of podcasts ago, we were dealing with Jim being suicidal because, and it's, primarily because of his work situation and same with having seizures which makes total sense when you realize his epilepsy is kind of focalized in the emotional cortex of his brain it would make sense that a high stress environment would induce more seizures anyway just so many factors on our plate that like it's all making sense to go this other route when we lay the equation out everything that's going wrong quote or not the way we want it to and then everything with the potential to go the way that we really want to be living our lives all makes sense. It all adds up to do what we're wanting to do and launch this set, this other business and building custom guitars and just taking a, a different direction in life. 
but with that comes a great risk, right? You're, you're taking out the security to invest in yourself and believe in yourself in a very tumultuous time in the economy and history and in everywhere. On one side, we feel, I feel like it all will work out. It feels right. It feels terrifying. It makes me want to throw up and cry and curl into a ball and go, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to. The alternative, though, is Jim going back to work. And I know that that's going to cause more problems. He can't, he can't thrive in that environment. And, not, and if he can't thrive, our family can't thrive. And, and that goes both ways, right? We both have to be doing something that we love and something that we feel passionate and something that we feel purpose and feel appreciated and connected to. It's like, do you forego the comfort and you take everything and you risk it all to find your happiness? And my answer is yes. There's, it's a no-brainer. But then when you come to the reality and you go, okay, emotionally, this is, this is what I feel. But when it comes to the action of actually doing it, you realize I have a family to support. We have a home. We have all these things. How are we going to make this work? I know that this is what we have to do. And I know it'll work. I know it will. Do I know what it's going to take to get there yet? No clue. I have no clue. It might take losing everything. It might take starting completely from scratch, completely over. I don't know. And that's the scary part. When you know what you have to do and the answer is so clear, but the pathway could be so treacherous. It could. It might not. (laughs) You know, if all goes smoothly. But let's be real, nothing, everything doesn't go smoothly all the time, right? You have to plan for those, those setbacks. You have to plan for the bumps in the roads. You have to plan for the failures and the issues that, that may come up. It's like a massive le- leap of faith. Not to mention that we've had just a lot of life experiences thrown at us in the last couple of years. And we've had a lot of life experiences in general. And I think the part of me that has such faith that this will work out is because Jim and I and our family have been through some really hard things. We've already had the odds stacked against us in so many ways, and we beat the odds, and we have overcome a lot of things that most people aren't able to. And we can get into that in a later podcast. I would like Jim to have his own voice when we talk about those sort of things. But yeah, this major life change, man. (laughs) It feels like I'm going crazy. It feels like both of us are. But at the same time, we're kind of just laughing and going, we're just not that worried about it. We should be. Oh, we should absolutely be worried about how we're going to maintain our life and provide for our kids and how we're going to make all of this work and what it, what it's going to look like. But we're just trusting ourselves on this one. We know we can figure it out. We know we can make anything work because we've had to. We've done. We've been there. We've done that before. Do we want to necessarily be in that scrappy of a fight again? No. <laughs> I'd prefer to prefer to maybe take a little take it a little bit easier this time, but life doesn't tend to work that way. So then you I'm sitting here going not I don't want to say anticipating or expecting the worst, but just not being just being a realist. Taking this route and changing careers and going completely in and investing in ourselves and just giving it everything, risking everything to start our own business and to give Jim and our family that freedom. And also the passion to be doing something that he feels connected to and feels purpose in doing. Like, what do you do here? You just go for it, even though 
everything about society tells you not to do it and not to take the risk that you need to, you know, have that safe job, need to have that security and that retirement plan. Or do you take a step further back and go, that's what's tearing it all apart. When someone's living so numb to who they are, what's the cost? At what cost is the security of it all worth the downside of the stress and the emotional turmoil it causes? Or would I rather fly by the seat of my pants and figure things out day by day and just learn to adapt a different way and be happy? But with it comes a different set of challenges. It's not going to be a blissful road. There's so much. There's so much. (laughs) And the answer is clear. The answer is clear. I don't think there's really much of a choice left, honestly. Anyway, so that's like a huge part of this mental breakdown, right? I've always planned. I've been a stay-at-home parent for a few years now. and That was the best economical choice for us at the time for me to stay home. The plan has always been for me to return to work once our our youngest was in full-time school. And I really enjoy the flexibility and I've realized I don't want to work for somebody either. I, I want to be able to do my own thing. And that's kind of where this whole working toward building a business and doing, putting out all these different lines, just kind of putting myself out there. I do want to, I want to eventually organize charity rides and raise awareness and kind of create events that, I mean, I've done event coordinating before with a, with a charitable foundation and I really enjoyed it. And I felt a lot of purpose in that. Now I wanted to do it for myself, for my own things, meaningful to me. And I'm working toward that. And that was, that was always part of the plan. So we've got that ball rolling What wasn't part of the plan was both of us kind of at this, I didn't plan on it happening at the same time, right? I thought we would have, I would have time to get my kind of thing established and then maybe we would turn in and then dump everything into Jim and let him him explore what he wanted to do. But that's just not how it's working out. And to me, his mental health is more important to my family, to our kids. I would much rather see him happy And we could be living in a cardboard box. And if he's happier and not having seizures and not on the risk of like literally dying, then I'm okay with that. It's just scary and it's uncomfortable and it's, it's hard. And I do have my own emotions about it. That doesn't mean I'm not supportive of him. I am fully, fully supportive of everything that he wants to do. It's just taking a breath of, okay, okay, we're going to get ready to work really hard, a lot harder than I thought. Or that I was mentally prepared to do. But I think that's kind of cool in a sense. I, th- I think that's how life does challenge you. As you get yourself mentally geared up and prepared. And you think you know what you're up against. And then the battle turns much bigger than you thought it was going to be. And it pushes you that much harder. And you can either choose to fold. Or you can choose to rise to the occasion. I think it's okay to take a minute and acknowledge what you're up against. As long as you don't let it get into your head. And that's kind of where I've, I've been struggling for the last little bit. And, and if I'm being real, losing Gino knocked me into that. Whew. A big part of my passion is helping people struggling with PTSD because I see them and I understand them. And I see the way out and I see that it's, it's, you can do it. And so losing Gino is really hard because I felt like I could have helped him. So that's why I've been quiet. I'm not like, I'm taking it on too much emotionally, but that's my whole purpose. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to help people, love people struggling with PTSD. 
and feel like they have nowhere to turn to and no one that will understand the struggle and not judge the person that they love. And sometimes you have to see past the behavior into what's going on internally. And so to get all of this started and have that like my end goal and my my ambition is to help those people and to help others who have been in my position of loving somebody with PTSD and knowing what really goes on and knowing how hard it is. And that there's a lot you can't trust to openly speak. You're dealing with a lot on your own out of fear of people misunderstanding. So yeah, so Gino dying just kind of woke me up even more to that purpose, just like that urgency, right? And then just the overwhelming battle that it is that it's going to be much harder than I think. And maybe not. Maybe it's just getting through to the right people, the right helpers, <laughs> you know? And this is kind of a rumble, a jumbled rumble. <laughs> this is a little bit of a jumbled podcast, but I'm okay with it. It's just everything that we're dealing with. It's just leaning in. I'm choosing to lean into it. And I'm sorry I get emotional. I'll rub some dirt in that shit and get that under control. That surprised me. I didn't think that was going to come out. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Our life is kind of being flipped upside down and it's terrifying. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. A lot of you guys have, in the last year and a half, watched your entire life get flipped upside down and backwards and back again. And I think we're all still a little dizzy. And I think the best way to find your grounding is to feel for it, right? Rather than looking for it, you have to feel for it and then trust that. And so as Jim and I are kind of entering this new phase for us and taking our own risk on ourselves and oh it's crazy man it's it's crazy it's crazy it feels crazy it feels and it is insane it's everything that you're told not to do and we're just like we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and we know it's gonna work exactly how we want it to and I do know that I'm just still scared to pull the trigger which I think is a good thing if you're not damn sure your sights are aligned then you shouldn't be pulling that trigger I'm just doing all my proper safety checks and it's still a scary thing. I won't regret anything. And I, I know that with me and with my relationship and the, the marriage and the, the friendship and the communication that Jim and I have, that even if we lose it all and even if things go bad, we'll be sitting in rocking chairs on our front porch, wherever that may be in 10, 20 years laughing and going, you know what? At least we tried. At least we followed our hearts and we chose to live happy rather than comfortable. It's a whole different set of challenges. And I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, everything could go right. I hope everything goes perfectly right. Everything could go smooth sailing. And we're just like, woo, laughing in two years thinking, how is this such a hard decision to make? And it's because we have kids. It really is. It really comes down to wanting to provide stability for them. But more than I want to provide stability, I want them to see, I want them to take their mental health and their happiness seriously. And even if that means living a life that people don't understand, I would rather see my kids be happy than be slaves to something that they, that they don't feel fulfilled in. What better way to teach them that than to lead by example? Sure, it might be hard for them if things go wrong and their childhoods get seemingly messed up, but maybe one day they'll look back and go, you know, my parents chose to be happy over, um, over comfortable. And that means something, Right. We have these dreams, you know, of all of this all working out together and our business tying in and being a product that we can sell and 
a way that we can work our way into charity rides and events and and get our feet wet, get our, our feet in the door. You know what I'm saying? And then once I can get in the, around those people, I can maybe reach more, more of those struggling with PTSD. I mean, I get it. It's a scary road. It's, it's a very misunderstood thing. And I don't think the, the language people are choosing to use today is helping the matter. I think we're having a lot of people label people narcissists or toxic or using all these these words that really don't apply. Um, people have, can have narcissistic tendencies or have behaviors or traits that are have a negative impact on you. But if you really know what a narcissist is, somebody who has a nar- who has narcissistic personality disorder, I don't really think that's a term that we should be throwing around lightly. And that's just my opinion. Having dealt directly with somebody who has been clinically diagnosed multiple times as somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder, it's a very misunderstood thing. And to have empathy for it, it is hard. It's it's hard to have empathy for a narcissist. But if you can take a step back and understand that people who are who truly have narcissistic personality disorder are just severely, severely traumatized people. It makes understanding them a little bit easier it doesn't necessarily make their behaviors easier but as soon as you learn to not take it personal and just kind of understand that they don't think the same and it's I don't want to that's a whole nother topic and we'll get there I think I think I will talk about it one day but I want to be really delicate about it because it's it's not as black and white as people make it seem you know it all ties in it all ties in and it all makes sense and you know if you, you could put yourself in some some of these people's shoes and experiences there's things that if you would even try to understand you might under you might be able to gain an idea of why they behave the way that they do and if you can gain an idea of how something impacted them you can guide them to choosing right if you can go back and maybe reevaluate the situation from a different perspective you can maybe choose the alternative route and that is that is that what they call time bending i don't know I read something about time bending the other day. I don't try, I don't take that stuff too literal. I kind of take it in, as conceptually, meaning you can't literally go back in time and change the outcome of something. I mean, you can by changing your perspective of it, right? So a situation that you took offensively X amount of years ago, you go back and you look at it with a different lens and you realize, oh, well, there was a whole side of this situation that I didn't understand. You have, you gain empathy, and therefore you can let go of the anger for it. Therefore, it has a ripple effect. It's the growth. It's like the awakening process, if you will. Just understanding that you are in control of whether or not you have a negative or a positive thought. Anyway, we're taking a gamble. We want to help. I, I do want to help. I feel that it's in my purpose to help people through these situations. It's been a rough few weeks. It's been a rough month, but a good month. There's been a lot of insight and perspective gained and fuel underneath the fire of just finding your purpose, right? And and when you lose a good friend, it makes you kind of sit back and reevaluate your life and do something that's meaningful. And when somebody, when you're working a job, you know, working 40, 50 hours at a job that you don't feel any meaning, it's kind of hard. So we've been quiet. We've been quiet for a minute. It's been a lot of contemplating, a lot of decisions, a lot of processing. But 
I know this is messy and I'll try to clean it up the best that I can, but it's been, it's been good, good stuff, kind of figuring out a direction to take in life. And it's a scary one. We're looking over going, we're going to take the path less traveled and hope that it leads to a greater deck and no, go with our gut. We know in our gut that it's going to lead to a greater destination for us, but we're diving into the uncertainty of it all in hopes that we are going and knowing I want to say knowing, I'm not going to say in hopes, I'm going to say in knowing that we will achieve the happiness and the freedom that we are looking for and be able to have the impact we want to have to help people, to guide people, to reach out to those who've been where we've been, who are are still fighting the battles that we fight and we understand we can all get through it. Like there, there there's a way through and I want to reach out my hand to those people and I'm going to grab, grasp on and go with our gut and do what I know is needed, even though it is scary. I'm excited to trust it. And that's, I mean, it's, you can't trust it without doing the work. We are doing the work. Let's, let's not, I'm not going to just lay around and hope that something falls into my lap. That's not how life works, but trusting that we will figure it out and we will be successful and we will find our purpose and find our groove what the, what the journey looks like, I have no idea. But we know what we want out of life and we know we want to leave an impact in a positive way. We know that this is the path to doing it and it's just taking that leap and reaching out, right? I want to help families, not just the people who actually are diagnosed with it. I want to help the people around them. I want to help the genos of the world and their families and their kids. And Jim wants to create and he wants to have that freedom to create heirloom legacy pieces that are really cool. We'll tell you more story, a, a story about the woodworking he's going to be doing and how it's all come coming to be. And it's a really cool story. It's a really cool background story, but we'll tell you about it with with him here. But we do appreciate your guys' patient with, patience with us and letting us take some time to kind of just to get our bearings. You know, losing a friend does knock you, does knock you off course pretty far. And it knocked us into clarity through a sense of pain. We're just, we're coming back to, we're regaining our footing and we'll get back into it. And again, I just really, really appreciate you still being here and letting me just kind of talk this one out. This one's a little bit crazy, but I, I do appreciate you listening. And, and on that note, we'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to today's garage therapy podcast let the team know you're listening by using the hashtags garage therapy or gtp want more garage therapy stay connected with us directly through garagetherapypodcast.com you can also join the discussion on instagram at instagram.com forward slash garage therapy podcast if you would like to speak with us please send us an email through info at garagetherapypodcast.com And as always, thank you for pushing your mindsets towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Please like and subscribe to stay fully up to date. Until next time, stay inquisitive.